Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, December 21st, is the day that the Church remembers St. Thomas the Apostle. On our first midweek Advent service, we observed St. Andrew, and now in our last one, we are observing St. Thomas. The color today is red because Thomas was martyred, believed to have been by a spear, as he faithfully proclaimed the truth of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thomas is also called the twin, as our translation put it. Some simply give the transliteration from the Greek, Didymus, that his name is Didymus. Thomas is Hebrew or Aramaic, and Didymus is the Greek, and both of these names mean twin. Just before our Lord enters into Jerusalem on a donkey, Jesus received word that, that their friend Lazarus was sick and that he was dying. And despite hearing that Lazarus was seriously ill, Jesus continued on with his ministry for another two days. Lazarus, by the way, is the brother to Mary and Martha, the two women that I mentioned in this past Sunday's sermon. And then finally, after two days go by, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again, because Lazarus would be in Bethlehem, I mean, in Bethany, in the region of Judea, because Jesus knew what he would do he knew that by the time they arise, Lazarus will have been dead for four days and that Jesus would raise Lazarus from the dead. But his disciples, when Jesus says, let's go to Judea, they begin to argue with him. They knew that that was not the wisest thing to do, to go anywhere near Jerusalem because already they had picked up stones to try to throw at Jesus, but he had escaped from their midst. And now Jesus is wanting to go back. They said to him, Rabbi, the Jews are seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? And then after some further discussion, Jesus told them, Lazarus has died. Let us go to him. And that's when St. Saint, Saint Thomas boldly told his fellow disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. This shows some bravery on Thomas's part. It also shows that Thomas understood in part what would happen to Jesus. Perhaps not understanding fully the whys and the hows, but having heard Jesus prophesy that he would die and on the third day rise again. It is something that had to have happened. The Lamb of God was going into Jerusalem for a purpose. Jesus knew why he was going. Because he was bearing the world's sin, yours and mine included, to go into Jerusalem to die. And so through his death in our place, he paid for our sins he reconciled us to our Father in heaven, and Jesus fulfilled the scriptures, saying that the Father will send his Son to pay for our sin so that we then could receive the gift of eternal salvation. 
And the final stanza of our hymn, Once He Came in Blessing, that we've been looking at throughout our midweek Advent services, we sang these words tonight. Come then, O Lord Jesus, from our sins release us. Echoing even our reading from Revelation. While the first three stanzas all describe the ways in which our Lord Jesus comes to us, this final stanza takes on a different tone because it is a prayer. Come then, O Lord Jesus, from our sins release us. We are testifying that he will come. We are praying Maranatha, which means our Lord comes. We pray that Jesus will come to bring about complete restoration to his creation so that no more sin or sorrows or thorns infest the ground. You see, the world still suffers from the effects of sin. Jesus certainly paid for the penalty of our sin on the cross. But all around us, we can see the effects of sin. We don't even have to look outside of us, but we can consider our own selves and the temptations that we face and the sins that we commit in weakness. And so we pray that our Lord would come near, that he would come back, and that he would set all things aright, and that he will come to set us free from even the ravaging effects of our own sin. Now, even though Jesus selected Thomas to be an apostle, and even though Thomas boldly confessed, let's go to Jerusalem that we may die with Jesus, it is clear that Thomas did not achieve perfection, that he remained a human being, one who had inherited the same flesh of Adam that we have all inherited, that he remained a sinner in this life, one who could not purify himself from sin. He still had some questions or doubts, which those too are common to man. And so we pray, as we did in our hymn, to Jesus saying, keep our hearts believing that we grace receiving. Thomas was there when he witnessed Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. Thomas was there when Jesus was betrayed and arrested and tried and flogged and crucified. But for whatever reason, Thomas was not there on Easter Sunday with the fellow apostles, with those disciples who saw the resurrected Christ in that locked room. And then when they told Thomas that they had seen the Lord, he refused to believe their testimony, their report of our Lord's resurrection. He needed to see Jesus. He needed to feel Jesus. He needed to see the wounds on his hands and side because he could not 
unsee the br brutal death which Jesus endured. He could not unsee the fact that his side was pierced and out came blood and water. And so he found it difficult to think that our Lord's mangled body could possibly be raised. If an apostle whom Jesus raised up and taught for three years struggles with this, do not be surprised if you or if some or many of our brothers and sisters in Christ also struggle. But the only way to overcome such doubts is by being in the very word of Christ. And of course, taking our petitions to the Lord in prayer. And so we gather in God's house to hear his word. And the Holy Spirit works and sustains faith in us. We also engage in family devotions so that we are in the hearing of the word day in and day out. Now, when Thomas finally saw the resurrected Christ, he testified of Jesus saying, My Lord and my God. And Jesus replied to Thomas saying, Have you believed me, me because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So while Thomas certainly gave a good confession of the faith, after seeing our resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, calling Jesus rightly Lord and God, our Lord has taught an even better way, and that is to testify Jesus as our Lord and God without even seeing. Later, St. Paul, guided by the Holy Spirit, would write to the Romans, putting this truth this way, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are, to they, how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. It is for this reason that our Lord Jesus Christ instituted the office of the ministry and raised up men like St. Thomas to fill that ministry. We heard of some of the duties, responsibilities of the pastor. We heard of Christ's own institution of this office in our reading from Ephesians chapter 4. And that way, hearing the voice of our good shepherd through the under-shepherd whom Christ has sent, we can also sing confidently and boldly, as we did in the last lines of our hymn, Ever may confess you, till in heaven we bless you. Jesus spoke of heaven when he was with his disciples in 
the upper room on Maundy Thursday, that night before Jesus is crucified. And preparing them for his crucifixion, Jesus said to them, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would have I told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. At this, Thomas then speaks to Jesus. Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And then Jesus replied, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That is the way to salvation. Through our Lord Jesus Christ alone. Because there is no one else who could become a human being without sin, as Jesus did. He is God, and then at his incarnation, united himself to human nature, to flesh and blood. Only one could do this. He alone, because he is perfect, could fulfill the law in our place. He alone, because he is the sinless son of God, who is true man, could shed his innocent blood as the ransom payment, not only for the sins of one other person, but for the sins of the entire world. He alone could perfectly fulfill his Father's will. And so we pray for him to come, for him to release us of our sin, for him to keep us in the faith, and for him to bring us to himself in heaven, and for him to raise us up in perfection on the last day. And there, when we are with him, with our perfectly resurrected bodies, body and soul reunited, we will be centered around his throne forever, all tears will be wiped away forever. Our joys will have no end. We will experience the full joy and bliss of heaven, for we will dwell with him after he recreates the heavens and the earth. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus, amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.